0: what's poppin everybody bren boy here chilling in the rip city basement bridging the gap between hip-hop fanatics demand to hear technique and portland's electronic obsession today i'm chilling with my man six and i finally got him on the show what's up six
1: what's going on family hey.
0: appreciate you for having me good to have you bro Really good to have you. I've been tapping in with you for a minute now, um, really based on uh, your legendary status as a, as a beatmaker in the town, man. You've been putting on for Portland Beatmakers for a minute now.
1: Yeah, I started, well, actually, the first big record that I did was uh, when I was 16. So, like you said, it's been for a minute. I was 16. That record was produced for Mac Dre. That's, it's nothing on the cutthroat committee. So that's really, like, my big start. Um, I took a break after that. I was doing a lot of production. I had a group that was managed by Cool Nuts called Franchise. And so I was doing a lot of production for us. So that's really how my whole production kind of started. Like, my friends was more like, like, I used to just mess around and make beats all the time, but I wasn't really taking it serious, you know what I mean? It was just something that I liked to do just go downstairs with my dad and, uh, you know, have fun and cook up some stuff. But then my friends, while we have a group, they're like, we need to start using these beats. they like, go make something, you know what mm. I mean? So eventually, uh, as time passes, I continue to make beats, and uh, I end up landing that situation with Mac Drake, which came through my dad because my dad produced four other records on, uh, cut on the Cutthroat Committee. committee yes. right? uh-huh.
0: Rest in peace to Sporty right? They call you Lil Sporty?
1: Yes, sir. My dad's name is Sporty. Uh, definitely a known town legend. Um, he's from L.A., but was came to Portland at a young age and, you know, made a name out here and doing many different things from barbering. Uh, he was a bassist. He played plenty of instruments um i Didn't mean he, play he was, in bands too yeah he played in uh, a few different bands out here as far as the most recent um the band was called the lab rats and you know they did a lot of live shows out here around portland and you know they put on for the city like he's really a town legend a lot of people yeah. know him so rest in peace to my dad uh sporty
0: What was it like growing up for him did he always do music or was it like a business play that he got into later or how did that start uh so from the stories that i heard what really happened was is my grandmother um
1: betty shout out to my grandma who really got all this started she brought she bought my dad a guitar Mm. and he didn't know how to play a guitar he had no idea and there was actually nobody around to teach him how to play a guitar she just bought him the guitar and he the way that he was is if you didn't, if he didn't know how to do something, he's gonna teach yourself. And right. at a young age, in a short period of time, he taught himself how to play this guitar. Wow. Like my auntie says he was out on the porch or outside every day practicing and, you know, trying to figure this thing out. And so, you know, this is days of you don't have YouTube, you don't have tutorials. Uh, you have to actually be hands-on with it and figure it out yourself. Like he did have. know a couple family members that did play the guitar so he had a little bit of you know instructions or whatnot but he was real hands-on and he picked it up and he went from playing the guitar to really loving to play the bass okay uh so bass guitar but you know they're a little bit different and so he picked up on that and that's really what he became great at
0: wow and then did that translate over to you too? Did are you string heavy on your instrumentation or was
1: was it... actually funny and crazy to me is that? So my dad is a phenomenal bassist. I don't know how to play the bass. Oh really? Never <laughs> learned how to play the bass. Never learned how to play the guitar. I have. I did get a few lessons or whatnot, a few little things. Because after I got older, I'm like, how do I know how to do all these different things that he showed me how to do? and he plays the bass on a daily and I never asked him to show me, I never picked up <laughs> on it, none of that. But what I did pick up on uh I played the keyboard, which is something that I saw him, you know, do on a daily basis. My first original instrument. My first original instrument is drums. Okay. So a drum I,
0: kit or hand drum?
1: No, a drum set. Uh my cool. yes, full drums. Let me see my mom Probably when I was about 10, 11, she bought me my first drum set. My dad had already had me playing the drums on his. He had a drum set when I was young. young. And so I used to always go, you know, mess around. A lot of people want to go play on the keyboard or the organ in church or whatnot. You know what I mean? I always wanted to go mess with the drums. Played the drums in school, in the parades, and played the snare. You know, so drums has always been... Uh, a part of just me. And so to me, that transitioned into making beats. To me, uh, the majority of the beat is the drums. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty simple to me. It's not as complicated. I feel like if I can, you know, make some good drums and get people moving, the rest of it, you can build around it.
0: I feel that. And even uh, if it's not a percussion instrument, when it comes to digital stuff, you're still playing it percussive, right? You're still... yes. Like, here's where this comes in for how long. Rest. You know, that's all That's all percussion. Yeah, for sure. You could really build a whole beat with, like, just drawing out a lead sheet. You know, like, here's where this hits. Here's where this hits. And then the bass. Here's where this hits. You know, give it to someone. And
1: today, that's how a lot of stuff is. It's a lot of things being drawn in. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, played. And uh, I grew up in an era where, You know, I watched my dad play, uh, record on a four-track, a reel-to-reel, you know, things that you actually, a drum machine, the four-track where he was pushing the limits to have eight tracks. He was, you know, doing things where you had to record and then take it out and trying to do whatever you can do to take (laughs) away air and all these different things. Like, I watched and seen him do this, and like, now we're in an era where you got Pro Tools and you got unlimited tracks. Right. And you have things where you can go go back and do this over and put this note in and helps you get the right chords and all that. Like, man, that's just so much user-friendly, you know, stuff out there today. It's like,
0: it's helpful,
1: I should say, for sure.
0: Okay, so let's talk about it. There's the whole analog versus digital debate, right? Uh, it's not even a debate. It's In my head, it's simple. It's a hybrid. Do do both. Yeah. You're gonna get great sound if you're using outboard gear. If you're using, you know, hardware, you're just gonna get a different sound. You know, um, you can probably get some more tones that that other people aren't using. You know, because these these boards, they ha- they say they have a soul, right? The soundboard have a soul for sure. For sure,
1: it's a different it's a different sound to me. I think um, even some of the plugins that they're using that they try to make duplicate the sound you know or you try to make it as close as you can i mean i just don't think it's anything that's like it like Mm. a analog tape or yeah like my dad back in the day they used to use uh actually shout out to cool nuts um you know these are the first people i seen using an adat
0: what is an adat tell me
1: hey to be honest i can't tell you exactly what it what it does, but what I what what I know what it was doing is it was giving them a clarity that anybody else in the city didn't have. There was only yeah. a few people, shout out to my uh OG Tory Ward. He's a, he was a you know legend producer around the town that was doing stuff, a lot of production for cool nuts and Maniac Loke. Gotcha. So they were really, they had this quality. And uh A was part of this process. That's what I know. So Hmm. I can't tell you exactly (laughs) what it was, but I know that that was important. When they and I know when my dad got that, uh, it took the sound of the music to another level, like because a lot of the music back then it had this like hissing in the back of it when Mm. you record, and it was something that you had to try to get rid of. Got you. And whatever it was with this ADAT, I don't know if it I I can't tell you, but I know somebody that's Mm. a a OG that's watching that will see this, or somebody (laughs) that knows, or even Cool Nuts, yeah, they can you know they can tell you that that ADAT was official if you had that. All he right, was official.
0: cool nuts. We need a response, man. Hit us up in the comments. What what was this A dot that six is talking about, man? I'm curious. What
1: was the significance of the A man? I know
0: because uh,
1: Bosco used it. You know what I mean. This was something. This was serious. Cool nuts. Probably still got the A No, 24,
0: 24 mm-hmm. bit, right? Mm-hmm. 16 verse 24. Damn, I'm stoned. Whatever you, you just rolled up, bro, oh, got that, me lit. It's that
1: cake crasher.
0: Yeah, who is <laughs> that cake Crash, crasher? Bro. I'm crashing the wedding and everything, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking actually, and, and, and while we smoking, we we're smoking, we actually need to be... I brought you a gift. This is Exotic ooh. Pop. This is uh, too short right here. Exotic Pop. Shout out to my ooh. guy, Northwest, who's out here exclusive with all these... uh man. I don't know if you know about this. This is a black-owned company uh, by Charleston Wilson um, out of Texas.
0: I and got a two short pop, yo. This is crazy. I got a two short soda in my hand. Short dog strawberry soda. That's tight. Thank you, bro.
1: I mean, you can you can make your choice. We gonna both drink one, and this is the Mac Dre bubble gum. Mm-hmm. I can say, rest in peace to the big homie, man. He blessed me, and uh, I'm just you know happy to be able to you know years later to have a soda with him on it like it's it's <laughs> crazy. it's crazy but uh if he was alive i feel like he
0: would have had something like this too so it, uh, you know what i mean word word i got to try that one bro i respect it too short i want to try this one too you gonna, but you gonna do the Mac i gotta try that mac dre bro yes yeah, sir shout you out know? to
1: the whole this camp
0: yeah that's tight yeah we're
1: gonna go short dog strawberry shout out to short dog I produced the record with uh, Too Short on it too. Oh, no way. What what song was that? That's viral. Man, they went and shot the video in LA. Too Short in the video. You can look the video up on YouTube. It's called Viral.
0: Mm.
1: S Loyal featuring Too Short. So, yeah, we got that popping, man. And I'm going to pop this exotic pop one time for you, short dog. Let's pop it.
0: Head out to exotic pop, yo. I think it's only right we do a cheers one time, yo.
1: That t- <laughs> what? See the crazy thing is, is that it's
0: it's actually good. It's not. I, I'm not playing. This is filthy good. Like, see, quick. I ain't gotta say it. You, I ain't putting words Whoa. in your mouth. No, and hey, I'm like an I'm an organic type of guy with the stress on the O R part. You know, I'm so organic, so I don't really put no bullshit like weird sugary things in my body too often. This don't taste like that. This tastes like some smooth, like no bullshit. You know, it's probably got a lot of sugar in it, but I'm saying it's smooth, bro. That's yeah, that's bubble
1: gum. That's, that's next level. Bubblegum, gum that thizzle pop.
0: Mmm. So, uh. Mac Dre, (sighs) he's my favorite rapper, man. I got, I got a, I got a solid top five and I've always put him up there, you know, being from uh, Southern Oregon, we're right there on the border of California and Oregon. And so uh, it was like, who do we look, look to, you know, who are our hometown heroes, you know? And it was, we just go to Northern Cali, right? Mac Dre. So I grew up, you know, popping my collar and, and doing the thiz dance and stunting, you know. I mean, doing the bird at the dances, you know, walking up to a girl trying to do this. And, like, me and my friends would, like, literally reenact, like, what we're seeing, this hyphy movement, you know, eighth grade, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a big deal for us. But, you know, meeting him in person would have been some next-level stuff, man. What was was it like working with him?
1: You know, so I was... Only 16. <clears throat> I was 16, so this was about 99 ish, something like that, like right before uh, 2000. So he was not the Mac Dre that we know him to be now, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, this situation happened through my dad. I had a group um, that was managed by Cool Nuts, and so this whole situation came about through Cool Nuts and my dad. My dad ended up getting in the situation to, you know, show him some beats or whatnot. And he loved them all in the process. He, uh, one of those beats was a beat that I had been making down there on the, you know, just messing around and he played it and he liked it, you know, and that got through in the batch of beats. And he went and took that and, you know, took all those and came back and basically had, did those records on the album you know so basically it was about we did five records on an album that was i think 12 songs
0: damn that's almost half the album
1: yeah yeah so you know he had a lot i know mac Dre had a lot of you know portland ties he did a he also had uh rest in peace psycho who produced the thiz dance
0: rest in peace i was gonna ask you about him if you if you ever got to link up with them
1: yeah psycho was my og um Man, I wish he was still here. Rest in peace, of sight. But I did. I actually got music. I got. We have songs. Um, <clears throat> it's not stuff that we. This is what we didn't put out, and this was like some. You know, back in some time, we just did music. You know, we just right. like a lot of stuff. We just made music. Uh, a lot of stuff I did with Mikey Vegas. Um, you know, we all just were connected together at the time and just kind of making music, but it wasn't stuff that we were just putting out. It was Man. more or less doing it for fun. That's and this tight. is after he had already did the production for Dre, and I had already did the stuff for Dre. You know, this was just like way later on, some Portland stuff.
0: Okay. So there was really like a scene building, like uh, like an underground scene. That's what kind of what Portland was always known for, is like the underground stuff, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And so, we had the official,
1: like, you know, the I, I can say that Cool Nuts and Just Family, like, my group, we were under Just Family. So, okay. at this time, and you know, I mean, I would say it's not just my group. We were all, you know, we were all kings and we all on the same level. But, so, it was basically like, I'm high as shit. I am too,
0: bro. <laughs> I am too, and I keep thinking about how delicious this shit is. Like I'm like, I'm like, man, oh, I've shit. never licked my lips that many. Man, this shit, mm, this shit is bomb. But, but just Family Records. You were talking, you were all records, moving yeah. together, and, and to
1: to to clarify what you were really asking to uh, answer the question of how it was to really link up with Mac Dre. So being young and connecting with him. At the age that I was at, I didn't really understand or I, I looked up to him. He was already Mac Dre. He already had songs like Too Hard for the Radio. And my dad was already ha- had all these Mac Dre albums, Mac Mall, all these Bay Area artists. So I knew and was aware of who he was. But the way that it, the situation happened, it was like like he took to me as if I was like, and like a little younger brother or something like, you know, I could go do stuff with him. It wasn't that he was this age and I was that age. Like mm. I grew up around a lot of OGs, so it was never like, OK, he's older than me. So like people gotcha. may look at it like, and hey, you were only 16, but you were doing this with Mac Dre when he came to Portland. Like, yeah, all everybody that all the majority of the people that I ran with were, you know, older or you know um you know oh geez but he, but he just
0: recognized game it doesn't matter the age group I, I heard that he was like that like it didn't matter who you are it was like if yeah. you had if you were good like he put put you on the record right right
1: and on top of that it was i mean it was about the music first you know things that's really where everything built that and then outside of that once it was outside of the music then it's like you know he's coming back and forth to Portland or whatnot. And then you have a different, you know, that's outside of a different relationship. But everything really stems from the music. Like, I don't think if my dad didn't have, well, if my dad didn't have a studio first, he wouldn't have never came and end up there. But then after he's there, if he doesn't have, Good music, then we don't get these beats on this project, right. and none of it never happens. If you know, he's not rocking mean? with it, yeah, right. it doesn't,
0: nothing goes forward. And just... he may
1: have connected with us just like on a personal level, but I think being that everything was there, as the music, and then all on top of that, like you know, at this time, my house was the spot, it was popping, really? you know, and everything was going on, yeah, there so. It, it was just like, you know, you could come here, you can make music, you could do whatever else you wanted to do, and it was a comfortable, you know, place. My dad really had a nice vibe in the studio, so.
0: That's tight. Was the studio at your guys's place?
1: Yeah, man, it was just in the basement. You know, I grew up, my dad had a lot of studios in the living room, um, basement, wherever, he, wherever <laughs> he had to make it happen. Like, my mom, uh, shout out to my mom, because she really was like riding with him. Like she went through this everywhere she went. So I know it was times that she probably wanted her own privacy or wanted the music to be turned down, but you know, she always went through it. And you know, I think that's the life of somebody who's with a musician mm-hmm. or, you know, an artist. you gotta deal with that, you know, right. and, or, you know, support it is what
0: I would say is the best. That's amazing. That's That's good that he got the support uh, what about you? Did did your parents—obviously, uh, your, your dad was rocking with you, but was your mom uh, as supportive of your mission as she was your dad? You know, I was just
1: talking about this. My mom—so, man, my mom and my dad are very supportive, always been very supportive in everything that I've done. Um, what's a trip Is my mom used to actually help me write my raps when I was young.
0: What? Shout out to the Shout mama. Shout out to
1: Gina. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you that's know that's suck. something that I and I don't think nobody really know that, but I was talking to somebody about that recently. <laughs> um I used to have trouble starting out like my first bar. Uh-huh. I could never get started. Like it was like I could once I get that first line, uh-huh. I'm good. And so I used <laughs> to always go to her. Like mom like what should I like what you know what should I put right here or what? And and literally she wouldn't write it out for me but she's gonna start giving me ideas and i mean she'd been around my dad so she low-key knew how to rap or something you know what i mean because yeah. she she was helping my sister too at the time so wow. we had a group it was me my sister and my other cousins so you know it was like for like for her to even be supportive in that way you know like she went through really helping me write um because for a while, I did this probably every time. Like, every time I write a verse, like, she's going to be helping wow. me figure out, like, what's the direction that you want to go? Or I may have already had some other bars or whatnot, and mm-hmm. then she'll help me figure it out. And that's a trip because most people would think that my dad, because my dad rapped too, that he would have been the person that was helping me with the rap. Mm-hmm. But people don't know. It was my mom.
0: Wow. So... What are the projects that you're currently working on? I know that you are never just done making music. I, you probably got something in the works, right?
1: So right now I'm really um, doing a lot of focus. I'm focused on a lot of the production, um, doing pro- producing for people that I have around me. Um, you know, I do got some things that I'm working on as far as working on like placement wise, but I'm really trying to build with a lot of my people, my bros, uh, Fetty Mac, S. Loyal, uh, I did some production for the Arrogant Prick. These are all Portland artists. So, okay. you know, underground Portland artists that I'm, you know, building with. I got my guy Swindler from Thizz Latin out in okay. um, the Bay Area, you know. So I am working with other people outside of Portland as well. But for the most part, the people that I am building with um, in Portland, I can say like me and my bro, S Loyal, we actually got a record coming, S Loyal featuring rowdy rich
0: what
1: and omb peasy produced by six yo so we got i mean we got some other stuff too but like literally we got you know we've been working that's tight trying to stay you know trying to stay at it things stay consistent
0: that's tight man yeah you're still you're still really moving and shaking with it um as much of a of a portland and uh west coast guy that you are you know much as a pacific northwest guy uh, I noticed the Laker hat. I'm a Laker fan, but tell me how much how much shit you get being in Portland rocking the Lakers. I
1: mean, really, I I got a lot of different hats. So today was it was just a uh, you know a random choice. So I'm I'm a lot of different places. I probably do get a you know here and there. I, I go somewhere and then I recognize that I got the Laker hat on. And you know, what I'm saying Somebody's gonna say, but I'm always <laughs> repping the Blazers though. You know, everywhere I go, I got plenty Blazers hats too. So Dope. I actually. My other option of uh, another outfit, I was gonna wear some blazer stuff, but you know, just, <laughs> they just it just happened to be that you know this was black, and so yeah, and, yeah. you know, so bro, I grabbed it's, it. It's but, I, but I love the Lakers, you know what I mean? I definitely love that LeBron is on the West Coast. And, Hell yeah, you know, so good.
0: I feel that, bro. I have a rhyme. I say, uh, I'm a, I'm a Dodger, I'm a Raider, I'm a Blazer and a Laker. My left say West Side, and my right say Fuck a Hater. Straight up, yes, sir. That's, That's what the, I did, hey,
1: yeah, yeah. They are, we know, we were all about West all side, of them. right,
0: you know. Come on now. So, what was the coolest uh, what would you say is like one of the coolest things you've done production wise? Like, uh, something tricky that was like a situation that was happening while you're in the studio and you just pulled it off, and you're like, I don't know how I pulled it off, but it was just like catching lightning in a bottle, you know. I just did it. This has happened more than once, like,
1: I just hear something and start chopping it up and i'm not even really chopping it up on the grid or where it's really supposed to be and things just hmm. come together and and hmm. it's really you know but i i don't know i think that's just the guys you got to be vibrant you know I mean? you yeah, know it's yeah. just it's when you're in the right vibes and things is just happening it's like you're not putting too much thought into it it's just working
0: i know what you mean man you you almost get in like what they call the flow state you know yes and you're sir just like you just locked in. You you almost know what the next move is before you even get there. Yeah, that's
1: exactly what it was because I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I'm cutting things in places that I probably usually wouldn't, mm. and then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's fitting, it's working.
0: Yeah, sampling is a, is a whole other story. I don't know why people are so, like, scared of it or they think it's hard to do. I think they just, you know, people just don't choose unique enough samples, you know? It's almost like they're kind of searching for the same thing. And that's
1: the thing because it's, you know, digging and finding samples is a whole art in itself, and it takes time, and a lot of people are just using, like, either sound packs or looking on YouTube, which I'm sure when we all look on YouTube, like, we all get kind of pushed to the same stuff. Right. Other than... If somebody, like, I still go to record stores. I go okay. to record stores and every, actually, almost every state that I go to, I try to go to a record store and go find some of the random things that they may have there. Like, when I was in San Francisco, I went to a record store. I can't remember the name of it, but the guy told me that the Beastie Boys shopped there mm. and that they lived, like, right down the street or whatnot. And so, I, you know, that's what I do. I go and I look for, try to find some... um Obscure records that people don't have, or you know, come across something. It's easy to sample the same things that people. What's familiar to you? Like I try to, you know, dabble into other genres and see, whatever I can mix together and mm. try to make that work. You know, find something special though. Like you may you never know. You might find something that's uh, a record for one dollar, right? Out you in really never wherever, know. and you know, you know, this may be a an independent artist that was from San Francisco or Mm -hmm. whatever state that you're in, that record wouldn't be in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Unless they had, you know, some type of good distribution or whatnot. But, you know, that might just be in that specific area. So I
0: try to do that. I feel you. I feel you. Man, um, have you ever been inside KBU radio station?
1: I have. um, It was a while back ago. It was a while
0: back. Have you ever been inside the library where this is... Tons of CDs and records. So I
1: didn't know, but I saw that. Um I saw Johnny Cool back there. Yeah, Johnny Cool. Shout out to Johnny Cool. Shout out to
0: Johnny Cool, man. He's a sampling freak, man. Yes,
1: sir, man. He's a sampling crazy with the samples. And and you know that see, like and and he be on a lot of the jazz and you know, he's really musically inclined, you know. So it's like you get those horns and be able to mesh all that type of stuff. So I like sampling, but I think another reason why people don't sample as well is going through the getting the clearance, you know, getting it cleared, Uh, which can be a whole process. And I haven't even really went through anything of that, you know, to that extent, because I haven't really landed like a situation with like a mainstream artist or anything like that. So I don't know exactly. I mean, I know what you would have to go through or Mm. what you have to do, you know, to get the things cleared before you put it out, but not on like a... Drake level or something like that. You I know, feel you. It's a different. It would be a different situation.
0: Yeah. When you started this whole music journey, what was initially? What was your vision? Did you did you say I want to be a rapper? Did you say I want to make beats? Was it a, a what was like the ultimate vision that you had? So when I started rapping, I
1: actually had transitioned from. I really loved basketball. Like growing up, basketball was really what I did, even though I played the drums and stuff, that was, it wasn't my first love. Like my first love was basketball. And as of when I was probably like 16 um, or 17 and I had like the group that I had started, that's kind of what really got me to being more serious about music because we start doing shows and we were doing shows with Keek the Sneak, Andre Nicotina, Mac Dre, uh, Anybody you could think of, E forty, like all these people, and so it it showed me that you know this is you, you can you need to not just rap. Like our group was trying mm. to be serious and really put out an album and uh, you know really go about it and be <clears throat> more serious about it. Mm. So that's what really got me, I would say, to be more focused and to say this is this is what I want to do. But even then, I really just wanted to be a rapper. Like mm. I wasn't really focused on the production side of things, like like I said, the production part was more pushed from my friends. Gotcha trying gotcha. to get me to like man, keep doing this like you're dope, you know what I mean but so, I gave that stuff a break uh the production a break, and it probably for about like ten to twelve years, I didn't do anything with production. I just rapped.
0: 10 to 12 years?
1: Yeah. So I was already really rapping, but I really wanted to focus on rapping. Mm -hmm. Like, making beats wasn't what I really cared to do. It was just something that I liked to do for fun, you know what I mean, here and there. But I really wanted to rap, and I wanted to become this, you know, phenomenal rapper. And Mm. I I know that with anything, you got to really put all your focus into it and really do it, you know what I mean? So,
0: As you know, with basketball, I mean... I played football, basketball, and baseball, but there's a reason why football and basketball aren't in the same season. You have to focus. You can't be really great at basketball while you're also running football plays on Saturdays. Right. It's got to be. Hey, for this chunk of time, I got to focus on this thing, right? And then if you accomplish it, you go to the next thing. But I see so many times, in the t- especially in the town, right, where people they get good at, they get mediocre at something and then they're like oh yeah you know i uh, i got a studio uh 50 dollars an hour right and it's like you you just learned how to record yourself you went out and bought a <laughs> mic and now you're like come through hey i engineer too <laughs> you know it's like bro yeah. it's- i went to school for music production i don't even call myself an engineer like i just i did that so that i know what the other person is I know how to communicate really well. I'm sure you do, which too. Is,
1: yeah, which is very important when you're in the studio. Sure.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It saves time, which saves money, you know, because most studios is by the hour. And how many times have you seen uh, seen rappers waste time just not know, understanding the flow of the studio and how it's, you know, mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're racking up a bill. Yeah,
1: it's time. You got to uh, – I mean, it's important. I think as an artist, as a producer – um just doing music period to be able to communicate and know what what you want for one like um i that's something that you know i've learned is that i don't i don't just put my music in the hands of uh in another engineer and just expect them to turn this into right something without them getting my vision and my idea and then Mm -hmm. i just want them to take their expertise and put that on what i'm telling them you know what i mean because that's really i i already anything that i do i already see the vision before it's before it's even done you know i just know that like you i wouldn't call myself an engineer i record and i do you know things like that but i know that there's levels Mm -hmm. to everything and so what i know about engineering and stuff like that it's like ah I, I know enough to right you know do things or whatnot and to basically communicate it properly to him mm-hmm. and we're gonna be able to uh you know ride through this smooth and right i can let him know exactly what
0: i want and he can do it you know fast that's tight so what are you currently doing now as a rapper um do you have Are you rapping over your own beats or what has So that's
1: really, everything is, man, I think everything is about timing for me. So um, when I had, I had already kind of like took a break on just rapping and stuff. Like I I used to put out a lot of mixtapes. Like it was, I used to put out mixtapes all the time. And that's really how I was getting my buzz around the city. And this is more around the time though, when you was, you know, you press up all these CDs and, be out, we be out, you know, and I was always like a, you know, pretty known person from my, from just me from school or just from my dad and stuff like that. So I was getting my music out and buzzing, but I actually just kind of took a break. Um, It was life, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of times people keep going and try to, you know, you can keep doing music at the time, but for me, uh, the things that I was going through in my life was more important Mm. and I needed to focus on that stuff so I kind of gave Respect. it a break and then like I'm, I am I felt like I'm gonna always do music I'm gonna always I'm an artist just at heart so no matter what I'm gonna always do some type of art and so somehow I got pushed back into making beats hmm. it wasn't a plan it was just like alright you're not making songs and you're not well i was always making songs because i'm still i got plenty songs at home like i'm always working Mm. on the craft but it i wasn't putting in uh i used to really 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 like you know what i mean
0: like Like you used to put them out right you know right that's the thing is like you know sometimes when people will say um oh you're you know you're putting a, a price tag on your art you know how do you really judge that like is it like a hundred dollars a bar is it a hundred dollars a word is it you know what i'm saying like how do you really judge your you know it's like you can't so i separate the two like my art is writing i'd be writing raps all day you know how many poems and raps and 16 bars i got right now stacked like notebooks this high but I've only put out like fifty-five songs. I've only put out and put a barcode on it and put it out for distribution. So the products are the products, right? But the art, I don't I just do that regardless. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you're gonna do it regardless, yeah. If you're gonna make product, go out and make a make make a play or not, you're still gonna do your art. Yeah, I'm gonna always do music. Like I'm gonna definitely
1: be, even if it's you know, being behind the scenes of music. And, like, as I've got older, like, I even think, like, that may be um, not my only focus, but it may be something that I do, like, you know, working, helping develop another younger artist and, you know, giving them all the knowledge that I've acquired and that I've put my own hours into. But, you know, I would love for somebody to had did that to me like i mean i did get it from my dad and Mm -hmm. then i do get it from other people but i'm just saying like man for somebody to just give you show you all these different things and you know like so that's something that i definitely want to do i don't know who that artist might be or when you know that Mm -hmm. might happen like i mean i but i definitely feel like i have something to offer to give you know, I'm gonna give it to my son for sure. sure though to my kids, like they definitely gonna get it. But that's like a given. But I wanna give it to somebody else that, you know, has no attachment to me right now.
0: Word. I respect that a lot, man. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Like we were talking about before we started rolling, uh one of the elements in hip hop. You know, a lot of people think hip hop and they just think rap. You know, but there's five other elements and one of those elements is is knowledge. You know, it's social consciousness. And uh, I think in the community of hip-hop, that knowledge is almost, like, experienced and then passed on. And, you know, like, it's, it's – and hip-hop is so new that it, there hasn't been that many generations. You know what I'm saying? So even, like, you passing on the knowledge is, like – it's almost, like, direct from source. You know what I'm saying? Because there really was not – you know, you you were kind of a part of that, you know, I guess they would call it like the golden era, right? Part of the late 90s. Yeah. You know, or the 90s period.
1: Yeah, and I think <clears throat> like me growing up around my dad is what kind of helped me be able to receive the music that was, that did have the substance and the knowledge in it. Because growing up in the 90s, it's easy to get, Push to all the gangster music that didn't necessarily have. Um, they still had a message, and it was about real things that was going on. But it wasn't. It wasn't so much like what we would say that's speaking, you know, knowledge or it wasn't an uplifting song mm. or. Um, you can learn. You can learn from it. I, I was. I was going to say something you can learn from, but you can definitely learn from those records. So I can't say that. So they do have knowledge in them but it's just a different you know i think that a lot of the they rather speaking to a certain crowd of people that mm-hmm. will understand what they're talking about you know and be able to resonate with that mm-hmm. or whatnot
0: man it's like that uh mac dre song where he's talking about uh the talking speak, speaking game about how this all started you know like and you know you go to uh it's 10 times more illegal Right? talk. What's the, what's the name? Is It's called, like... It's called something with game, but remember when he's talking about the prison system and crack cocaine and how it's 10 times more of a punishment?
1: Yeah, he's also...
0: What's that? He's kicking knowledge, know the, even uh, though it's like
1: some fly shit. Yeah, he's also... That's one thing about him is, like, he's telling real-life stories, and they're really coming from real situations, so... There ain't no like like he's not glorifying things as well as he's telling you. These are just life situations that we're kinda as young kids we're put into these. You know, we're growing we're growing up in these uh neighborhoods where it's all these different, you know, drugs and, and guns and whatever, you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> so you're kinda somewhat pushed into these situations or whatnot sometimes. Mm. And yeah, they just he just reflect on them and he's telling you in a fly way that's making you be able to almost feel like it's not knowledge being spoken to you. You know what I mean? But it it is though. But it's that exactly. So that's I mean to me I think that was a key of what really made him dope. Because and I I think that's what makes a, a, a really adult rapper is that they can do that. I feel like somebody like Kendrick and Jay Cole, they're like that. Like they're not too preachy,
0: right? But their music is definitely has knowledge and you know substance city for sure, for sure. I always think about that. Like I don't really approach rap thinking like, oh, uh, how can I reach the people? You know what I'm saying? How can I reach the? You know what I'm saying? Some social uh, movement? You know? I don't think about it like that. I just when I'm rapping, I'm just like, there's no concept. I'm just rapping you know because i like it and then whatever bars i place together i place them together but you know when i'm like actually forming the album and like you know kind of selecting what you know when i am structuring um i do think like i want to speak like messages of love and peace and high frequency living you know but disguise it as player poetry because the people who need to hear that are not people who are already zend out. It's I agree. people who, who under they speak this language because they're really with the. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you almost have to speak to the the language of the people you're trying to to reach, but you got to speak it fluidly if you want to get a message. Because if you come in looking like a square bear, mm-hmm. people are quick to shut that down. They're like, "Who right. is? This? What's he talking right. about?"
1: Yeah. And sometimes you got to disguise it, or you might have to come in um with another record like i think for an example i think when kendrick first came out he came out with like swimming pools or something like Mark. and it, like sometimes even the beginning of the record or the hook may be this vibey hook but the verse may be really talking about something mm-hmm. so it's a uh, balance you know it's it's like you basically can kind of sneak some substance in there. Mm-hmm. But from this hook, it, it makes you feel... You know what I mean? They're talking about drinking, smoking. Right. You almost forget that what he's talking about in the lyrics that he's really telling you something. So to me, that's what makes a person dope. That's a good blend, yeah. One of the things that makes a person dope.
0: I can dig it. Man, It's it's been great chopping it up with you. I'm I'm hella excited to finally sit down and, and meet with you. Um, I think we've been connected on instagram for a couple years now if not more yes sir but um and so i've definitely tapped in and oh i wanted to talk about the videography bro your edits are so saucy appreciate you man no i'd be (laughs) like because you know i shoot with with some pretty tight people but i'm like a fan of it you know what i'm saying thank you so i'm like yo everything you're shooting is clear (laughs) <laughs> as it's super clear but i remember when i asked you and you said you're shooting on a on an iphone right
1: yeah yeah everything so intel just just now just recently so some of the stuff that i've been doing i just started using a drone so mm. that's not but i'm still everything that i'm used everything that i shoot with the drone is going straight to my phone mm. and then i'm editing it all on my phone so it's not wow. not exporting it, putting in a different program. And it's not that I might not ever do that, but right now, up until now, so the company is called Sporty Vision. And um, so, yeah, the whole niche is to do everything on my phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I pull up and do your behind the scenes or a highlight video or, you know what I mean, whatever it Mm -hmm. is that you need shot. I just did a birthday party for my great-grandmother who turned 95. Um, And so... You know, I mean, I do a lot of, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I can, you know, pull up and do it. And I do the whole edit on my phone. And a lot of people, they never know it until they, you know, either I tell them or Mm -hmm. if, you know, it gets talked about, then it's just like, oh, you did that on your phone? Yeah.
0: but Does it even matter these days? No, it doesn't matter.
1: And, I mean, as long as the content is quality, I mean, where you know, that's just the people that are paying for it. That's right. just, you know what I mean? I'll, but everybody else, you know, it's if you don't tell them, it never comes up. But obviously, sure. it's like we're in a day of, it's like share share what you're doing this on. You know, mm-hmm. like people don't just want to see a picture. They want to see a picture, but then they're going to ask you, would you take this picture with? If it's, you know, something that's really nice, people want to know. Maybe they want to go buy the same thing. Right you know, or stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I appreciate that on the edits because um, I really kind of just started out just doing my own stuff on my phone. Like, mm. just, I travel a lot. So when I was going places, I will just, like, Venice Beach, I just pull my phone out and start, you know, recording some stuff. And then as I was just editing it, I'll show it to people and people would be like, you did that on your phone? Like, so... <laughs> That's what I said, too. It's kind of, so it kind of, like turned into something out of nothing. Like, I I, I didn't never plan on doing this. I've always, like I said, I'm I'm an artist, and I love the art (laughs) of, you know, videography and uh, music videos, but I've always been the person on the other side.
0: Yeah, it's so crazy that you really wanted to be a rapper, but you just started doing all these other things while still rapping. You just got sucked in, huh? And
1: now it's like almost to the point to where I'm going to be doing, well, I won't say I'm going to be doing, because I do have, you know, people that I that I work with, but I could technically do everything myself probably, you know. And that might be something that I, you know, look towards doing, like trying to do something like Prince, you know, like mm-hmm. at least for maybe one album or something. And like I'm I am working on some stuff right now trying to, uh, do a lot of rapping over some of the production and stuff that I'm doing. That's and,
0: tight.
1: You know, just like inspired by people like Kanye to to do that. Like, there's not a lot of people that actually are and be dope, though. Because mm. right. I think a lot right. of times it's try like, to oh, do they want to try to, like, he's a producer, like, he shouldn't rap. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. But I'm different. I was a rapper first. So it's usually... now it's the opposite. Like, Timbaland right. ain't turning into a rapper tomorrow. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, he probably could because he's been around he all the greats. Could, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's just a little, like, a, it would be hard. People would... they I don't think they would accept it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they... A lot of people, when you're something, it's not cool, but they want you to be that. Like, you're a producer. Be a producer. Don't rap. Like, right. producers ain't dope rappers. But that's not true. And I'm a definitely... Um, J. Cole, I know he produces some of his own records, you know, not all, but some. I've heard that. You know? I mean, true artists though, you all gonna at certain times you might dibble and dabble in uh in production or you may work with another producer and do some co-production with somebody in the studio. Right. You don't gotta necessarily get on the piano and make right. the beat to be a part
0: of the process. I feel that. That's you know, that's why I kind of sometimes separate producer and beat maker. I kind of say two different things because like taylor swift's acoustic album the producer he he didn't bang any drums you know he didn't she played the guitar and she sang he didn't play any instruments you know so a producer doesn't just have to be the person who made the instrumentation correct you know so and sometimes like a lot of artists they take on the role of like executive producer because they're the ones controlling it you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying the moves Mm -hmm. And uh but I don't think everyone thinks of it that way. They kind of just
1: Nah, a lot of people don't know. Like I mean, even with like somebody like Dr. Dre. Um, they don't know like it's more than one type of producer, like what he's doing. Like, you know, he's actually in there really directing the whole song, but he may have did some production on the song as far as with the beat as well. So them um, two different types of mm-hmm. production. And then maybe he didn't make the beat. Maybe he only had, you know, some input on, you know, this may have been done by one of his other producers that's in his camp. Yep, and then yep. he did the directing of the whole song. Like, he put the whole song together. They He probably mixed it and, you know, mm-hmm. put, you know really did the full production of the record.
0: Yeah, there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff that people yeah. don't realize is... And I don't... I mean, there's no reason for them to know, you know, but... There's so much, like, uh, science behind it, you know? There's It's definitely the forefront is art, but the back end is a science, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. They doing a lot of work.
1: A lot of the people behind the scenes that don't get <clears throat> as much credit or acknowledgement, like, they do a lot of work to help make these records and these songs that, you know, people hear that's going, selling millions of records. And, I mean... You know, a lot of these producers sitting at home cooking up these vibes by themselves before these artists get it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, not taking anything away from the artist because it it takes for you guys both to mesh to really make this song be this. But like I'm saying, like a lot of times these are vibes that are really created by these producers that might be in his house, in his apartment. For real. You know, like me, I'm... You know, sitting in an apartment cooking up every day, That's or tight. as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions. Uh, as far as gear goes, um, what are you? What software? What hardware are you using? Tell me a little Man, bit. Yeah,
1: so I actually be... I this is. I, I feel like I'm the same way with production. I jump around and use a little bit of everything. Um, I know how to use everything. Like just how, just the same as with, uh, when I record. Like sometimes I record in Pro Tools uh recorded in logic, garage band, you know, just like to me they're all the same. You
0: can track anywhere. They're all the you know? same,
1: you know, what I mean and yeah, basically if you know, you're going to take your your tracks, your stems and send them to your engineer or however right. that you know goes. So, yeah, but for the most part um like I have been making some stuff also with one of my friends on the Ableton Push. So, it's like we, you know, Fruity Loops it, it, a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. So I jump around. Like I said, I do uh, a lot of sampling and stuff. So, you know, we keep the record player close. Cool. And, uh, you know, some of my friends is working on, like, you know, if we're doing co production and somebody may have uh, the machine. And I may be over here on Pro Tools. And because I was doing a lot, I first started back on the production, I was doing the making a lot of beats in Pro Tools. Oh, and really? so a lot of people was like, man, that's not one of the easier dolls to make no. beats in no, you it's know not. like it's Great a lot of editing. people would yeah yeah a lot of people with most for beats I will probably say most people are on um, Fruity Loops like yep. and to me that's like a user it's user friendly I remember when Fruity Loops first came out that's probably like I was man I don't know I feel like I might have been like 12 or something and I remember when I first used it my dad, I made a beat on it, and my dad was like, what is that? Damn. Like, you just made a beat on the computer? Like, you ain't have no keyboard, nothing? Because <laughs> it wasn't no MIDI keyboards at this time. This was really how they the same way how they do it. Like, you had to just click it in
0: yeah.
1: or whatever. But, yeah, and so, but then, that was way back then, and I was like, I knew that Fruity Loops was something, though. Uh. But my dad looked at Fruity Loops like, what the this, nah. That's crazy. You know what I mean? This is like some <laughs>
0: like some toys. Some fake. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like, okay, play. they
1: helping them make beats now. You know what I mean? Or, like, yeah, it wasn't nothing compared to the stuff that he had, but it was the future. <laughs> and I mean, literally, like now we to the point to where this is one of the main dolls that some of these hits are being made on.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Some, yeah, some of those uh I like a, a mix. I'm an Ableton guy. I just love having those two. I got the linear view, but then I hit the tab button and boom, I'm in grid view. So that's view. the only
1: one I haven't worked in. Um, I've A lot of my people, they do work in Ableton. So I've sat close and seen it, but I've never really worked in Ableton.
0: It's just fun because there's like, you see how there's like all those scenes that you can record into and then you can like switch the scenes around and play them. So you don't really have to like put anything there and commit to it you're just kind of like testing okay you know that's dope that's dope like let me see what this s- scene sounds like with this scene oh uh, let me see pull this one add this to it no that doesn't sound good you know what i'm saying that's
1: that's a dope element i might have to yeah i might have to really get into that because i ain't I, like i said i do got people that use it but
0: i haven't i haven't never really myself but pro tools is still just is legendary for editing, man. It's just so streamlined, you know? Yeah.
1: Like, because I even cooked up some beats, a lot of beats uh, in GarageBand. I use a lot of sounds that are external sounds and a lot of other um, virtual instruments and stuff like that. Uh So, you know, arcade and all these different, you know, octane. So I use all those stuff, so it ain't even really like, it's like you just using the GarageBand Uh doll as... Just to make the beat in, you know, and then I'm using all these other sound kits or whatnot, you know. So, yeah, you can cook up in anything, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and finally chopping it up with me. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, What's the move as far as, like, where... uh, can, can artists reach out to you and try to buy the beats or, or did they come work with you in the studio? Uh, what's the deal?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we can do, um, both. I'm really very open. Um, um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I am six, I answer all DMS all the time, you know, I try to get back as soon as possible or whatnot, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm open to, you know, working with people and, you know, my, the prices on the beats or whatnot, they vary, you know, it, it, it might depending on, like I said, I'm always willing to work and see, you know, what people got mm-hmm. going on. So, I, you know, it might not even cost you. It just depends Word. on the situation, you know, so. Respect. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, feel free to, you know, reach out if you hear anything that's on my page or, you know, I actually going to plan on posting more beats and stuff like that. But like I said, I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything, working on the videos. Uh, A lot of people have been booking me to do stuff like, you know, doing a lot of the videos and stuff. So, you know, getting more into that. People talking about music videos now. So I think that's like the next, that's the next thing. You know, I'm not going to, people want it, so. It ain't like I can't do it. I know yeah. I can do it. It's just something. It's just like the next phase. Right. So Yeah. So I think that's really that's where that's gonna go. Um, but I plan on releasing some releasing a tape and dropping my own music videos. You know, produced nope. by you know. Actually, I think I'm a, and for sure I'm gonna have my guy Northwest, uh, you know, who supplying me with the exotic pop. Boom. Mm. He gonna be shooting the video. So yeah, we going up this year.
0: We're going to make up. it happen. Man, next time we get you on the basement, I got to have you come through and drop some bars for us.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely come with a uh, man, a, a, at least a 48, at least 48 bars. That's and, what's up. You know what I mean? Come burn it
0: down for sure. All right, one more time. Where can we find you on Instagram?
1: I am six, and I uh, spell my name with a number six. So I am number six IX. Boom.
0: That's right. Bridging the gap between hip hop fanatics, demand to hear technique and Portland's electronic obsession. This is the Rip City Basement. My name is Bren Boy 6, a.k.a. Lil Sporty. Yes, sir. Catch you guys next time. Rip City Basement. Rip City, rip, 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 city. Rip City, rip, rip, rip city. Yo, how many mics do we rip on the daily? Some say many, some say many, many.